This is the weekly In Perspective podcast dated Friday, September 15th, 2023. You are listening to the In Perspective weekly podcast with Bob Branco and Peter Outchul. Hi, everybody, and welcome once again to In Perspective. I am Bob Branco. This is episode 325, dated Friday, September the 15th, 2023. It's it's a pleasure to have with us, as always, Peter Alchel from Oregon. I can't say Missouri anymore, Peter. I am from Coos Bay, Oregon, and the weather here is beautiful. Send it this way. Yeah, no, it's that Well, You guys are getting a hurricane, aren't you? Well, it's a tropical, tropical storm now. Tropical it's, storm. It, yeah. It's been downgraded. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we wish you well, but here it's, you know, 75 degrees and sunny and breezy and it's gorgeous. That's and wonderful. I, I am delighted to be here in, in Coos Bay, Missouri with perfect weather, which is Coos not Bay. Coos we'll, Bay, we'll, Oregon, which, which we will not be talking about today. Perfect weather is not on the, on the top. No, of it's the- quite, no, we're going to talk about quite the opposite, actually. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, let me thank those people. Oh, Bob, before you go. Uh, I'm gonna be. I need to leave for two minutes. I'll be back. So um, just go do your thing, and I'll be. I'll be back in two minutes. I would like to thank those people who make it possible for In Perspective to be aired and to be made available to the general public. We start out with our media sources. Thank you for airing us when you do, and including ACB Media Five. We want to thank the people there for making that possible. Also, I would like to thank Tom and Lynn from Rosie's Place Chat Line. They post our programs on greeting door number 15 on that chat line. We appreciate that as well. I also want to thank Jacqueline Sylvia of JS Web Solutions for archiving our programs on my website, which is www.brancoevents.com. Just go there. If you want to hear an archived show, click on In Perspective Podcasts, and you will see most of our archives from latest to earliest. Just pick the show that you want to listen to, and it's there for you. And I also want to say hi to Raymond Gay, our executive producer and editor. Thank you for helping us put out a productive program, as always. And finally, there's a listener I want to say hi to who responds a lot to uh, our shows, and that would be Lillian Johnson. Thank you very much for listening to In Perspective. Peter was talking about good weather in Oregon. Well, that's going to take a back seat right now because we're going to talk about very bad weather that people have experienced personally, and they've experienced it in different chapters of a book called Weather Anthology, True Quirks of Nature. And it's edited by one of our guests, Marlene Messot. I, 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 I'm almost afraid to say your last name because of Jaws. Jaws might be helping me wrong here. Is no, it Marlene Messot or is it Messot? It's, uh, well, uh, Messot, and you're fine either way. Okay, because sometimes Jaws doesn't say it the way it's supposed to say it, but okay, that's fine. We have Marlene Messett here, who is the editor of the book, and we have three other writers who contributed as well. Patty Fletcher. Welcome, Patty. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm Patty Fletcher from Kingsport, Tennessee. Carol Farnsworth. Welcome. Um, just for the record, I'm here, and I I, I want to say merci, Jackie. All right. Carol Farnsworth is also on the panel today. Welcome, Carol, to In Perspective. You can oh. unmute, Carol. Yes, you can. Hey, hi, you- Carol. 
Okay, and meanwhile, I will invite uh, Linda Lambert to say hello. Welcome, Linda. Linda, Carol. Sometimes Zoom will not recognize the got it button. So if you didn't hit the got it button, or even if you did, you might have to come out and go and back in. So that sometimes happens on here. Yes, it most certainly does, Patty, for sure. But I want to thank all of you ladies for being a part of our show today to talk about Weather Anthology. And Bob. so... Bob? Yes. The title is Strange Weather Strange, Anthology. Strange Weather Anthology, True Quirks of Nature. Thank you, you for that. Okay. You. All right. Uh, so I'm going to turn this over to Peter for a few moments. Peter? Thank you. Uh, and and um, welcome, Marlene. So talk a bit about what prompted you to write this book. Okay. Well, or to... Or to, or to, or to Create an anthology, uh, you know, which is what this is. So talk about the, the beginnings of the book and what prompted you to put it together. Well, as you, a lot, as you know, a lot of you may know, I am a member of Behind Our Eyes Writers with Disabilities Writers Group, which is absolutely fantastic. So one day I was posting on our listserv and the weather happened to be a little strange. We had a mixed bag of rain, sleet, snow, and back and forth. And the, I remarked that the snow was being very friendly because it stayed on the grass and didn't stick on the hard surfaces. And then I, I responded to a, a prompt and I uh, wrote a bad weather story and then uh, having conversations over the phone and email with some people, they remarked about their strange weather experiences. And I just happened to think, well, wouldn't this be nice to put this together into a, an anthology? And uh, so I uh, put out some requests on the writer's party line, which is the Behind Our Eyes listserv, and uh, in Patty's group, which is the writer's grapevine. And got responses, and lo and behold, strange weather anthology was born. And who, um, so, so you, you sort of reached out to people and said, Hey, do you have any strange stories to tell about strange weather? Yes. Okay. Uh, I said I wanted personal stories and I gave them guidelines. I said I would like between 500 and 1500 words and, uh, you could use any form, fiction, well, not fiction, but Stories, poetry, however you wanted, essays, you know, a personal, personal experience of the weather <clears throat> is what I was looking for. So, uh, so these stories are true, right? Yes, these, absolutely. These, these are not, uh, you know, short stories. Not uh, you know, fiction. Not, not fictions. Right. Um, so, um, I am, so, so when did you start receiving, um, material? How long did it take you to start getting material? Well, let's see. I um in twenty, what's it? Twenty, okay, twenty twenty two. Yeah, twenty twenty two. Um, I started. I had, I gave them a time frame of when to submit, and um, I think I had seven authors at that time. And I said, gee, you know, it would be nice to have a few more. And as Patty said, I kept. Asking her, oh please, that'd be something to go. You're such a good writer. I want to have you in the book too. And uh, 
then uh, I actually, a whole year actually went by, and it was 2022, and I put the uh, information out again, and I got some more writers. So we ended up with 11 writers and 15 pieces, with some in verse and some most in prose, but some in verse. And this is a, a relatively short book, and as you said, it's sort of diverse diverse styles and um, uh, stories, and the weather, uh, weather phenomena are, are quite different. Um, uh, yes. What I would like you, us, us to do is to go through the, the, the book in, in sort of order, and if the authors are there, they can talk about their own works. So I, let's start, because after the introduction, the first one is called With the Wind. It's Carol Farnsworth on In the House. Carol's not apparently in the house at the moment. Uh, Carol, if you do come in, uh, we, we'd, lo- we'd love to hear from you. Um, uh, is um, Linda McKinney Lambert in the house? She's not in the house either. Well, they're oh here. They're just having trouble unmuting. Yeah. So well, you guys, I, I, uh, I don't, you know, I mean, I, I, if, if you guys are on your phones, it's star six. And if you are on your computers, it's alt A. If you happen to be having trouble with that. If you're on a Mac, it's command shift A. And I'm, I'm imagining that it, it, you may have to do what I've had to do more than once, which is log out and log back in. Yep. Uh, sometimes that's the only way that Zoom will allow you to, to in, Zoom. It, in the meantime, I have a question for Marlene while we're on the topic of strange weather anthology. Marlene, were you surprised by some of the stories that these authors wrote about? Because, you know, we, we've all experienced strange weather from time to time in our lifetimes. Was there anything that surprised you personally, given the fact that we've been hearing a lot lately about how climate change is making the weather more variable? Actually, John's story was a surprise. I've never heard of that phenomenon before. And John Cronin is from Canada. So we had kind of an international uh, production. He wrote about giant snowballs that just happened to appear uh, one morning all over his area where he lived. And his story is really <clears throat> fascinating. And these aren't uh, man-made or human-made snowballs, right? These are... Right, they were wind-made, actually. Wind-made. It's absolutely yeah. fascinating. Uh, of different sizes, uh, yes. different... Uh, well, they're all snowballs, but sort of different... Uh, <laughs> not shapes, per se, but different... Um, and uh, he writes about how he uh, discovered these things and the, the great time he and his friend had in, in interacting with these snowballs. I don't want to give the, the story away too much, but it, it is quite a story uh, of, um, yeah, that, that was a, that was an interesting one. Were there others, were there others uh, stories that particularly interested you? Yes. I, um, I enjoyed Patty's story and hopefully she'll be, um, if yeah, we we, we will we will because... talk about Patty's story. Okay. Yeah, we, we will. All right. Yeah. <laughs> will, I yeah. and I have encouraged uh, Peter to read what he wants to from there. He asked, so mm-hmm. he gets to do that. Okay. Okay. That's well, awesome. Well, so Cleora's rain story was. I mean, she's had <laughs> talk about different types of rain. That's that's wow. <laughs> yeah. So she yeah she has several sort of stories about. Rain, you know, raining on one side of the house and not the other. I can't remember what all they were, but they were all fascinating in, yes. in, in, uh, in, in, uh, in their way. Um, Carol, are you back by any chance? All right. 
I'm, I'm going to ask you, um, Marlene, I know I'm putting a lot of, uh, no, it's okay. work yeah, on yeah. you. Um, I, I'm sorry. We so, seem to have lost. So, um, I want to start from the beginning of the book. Um, Carol Farnsworth has the first, um, story of the book called with the wind. And what do you sort of make of that story? What do you remember about that story? I really enjoyed it. It's a verse and she and her husband, John, uh, are tandem bike riders and they've done a lot of, um, you know, a lot of that, uh, together. And fortunately she sent me a couple actual photographs of her and John with the bike. And, um, Carol has an amazing way of interjecting, kind of interjecting humor, you know, in, in her pieces. And the only line in the poem that John has is pedal. But she, she, but she, uh, she does a great job because the way she, um, emphasizes that word. So I'm not going to want to give it away, but it's, well, they're out, they're, they're, they're out running something. Let's, let's, let's leave it at that. Yes. Running mm-hmm. something. And, uh, you know, it's not clear that, you know, that, that it's a major challenge they have. So yes. um, just for, just for interest in, on Carol's behalf, she has a wonderful blog. Um, what is it? The blind highway or I, oh, I read it and blind. it's the, the name of it. It, it I always, oh. it always comes in my inbox. Blind on the white the, side. Oh, blind, blind on, on the light side. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You're Abby. welcome. Blind on the light side. And I think yeah. it was .com or whatever, but if you it, it's a search good for one. that, it should come up. Yeah. Yep. Thank it's you. Follow it. Yeah. It's in the book, by the way. I did want to showcase the authors. So if they have a website or, or a blog, it is with their biography in the book, as well as I tried to include every book that the author had published at the time when this book came out so that their works could be known. And Carol also has a book, poetry book called Leaf Memories. So Carol also has another book, another poem uh, or piece that's called yes. Neptune's Revenge. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you make of that one? That uh, is a story about a hurricane, and but she was on a ship at the time. Oh. And as I remember, uh they're, they're, they're trying to stay out of the worst of the hurricane, mm-hmm. uh, in the book. And, uh, it's a bit of a challenge that they had to deal with during the days that the hurricane was taking place. And they didn't land where they were, they, they don't put in the port somewhere else, as I remember, right? They, they, they couldn't yeah. go to where they originally wanted to go. It, yeah. it is, it is a rather harrowing and interesting story. So, uh, and, and I should also say, Marlene, I, I really did appreciate the, the, uh, information about each author that you did put in. Um, you know, and ha- how to reach them and, and the stories that they, you know, the, the stuff that they've written and a bio. I thought that was really, really helpful. Um, we no, talked about Cleo, I'm sorry. We talked about, Cleo, we talked about Cleo, 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 Cleo Boyd's Yeah. Um, and, um, then we, we deal with something called Spirit of the Rainbow by Cheryl McNeil Fisher. Talk yes. about, uh, that, that one. Cheryl is, as you know, co-host with Kathy King on Writing Works Wonders, which I try to participate in every week. And I love their prompts. And Cheryl is an amazing children's writer as well. She talked about a vivid rainbow that she was able to view and how the circumstances um, she was driving and the circumstances under where she was able to see this rainbow. And that's just 
totally amazing because for rainbows to be uh that clear and it, you know someone to be able to see them that well is great. And the other thing that I found interesting about that that's that piece of hers is she she saw this rainbow obviously as a sighted person and she lost her sight after the rainbow and she talks about how that uh image of the rainbow sort of impacted her spiritual development and the message that God gave her uh through the rainbow which I thought was really fascinating. It was. Yeah, she's a wonderful writer. It was it was a really interesting piece. Then we move on to a coming of age story uh, by Annie Chiapetta, uh Harbor Squall. Talk about that one. Yeah, Annie uh has had a lot of experience um with uh, uh I don't know, ocean, uh, the water, you know, sea. And um also Annie is moving today, that's why she's not here. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. She's moving at the same time I did. It's it's an amazing thing. Yeah, so keep going. Pennsylvania. That's right. Yeah, not Oregon, but Pennsylvania. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, so Uh, so, so talk about, talk about her piece. You know, actually Annie, uh, was sort of a last minute because I had given the book to my editor, David DeBorkin of ELD Books. Know him well. Yeah, and Annie had put a, posted a story on the writer's party line and I, saw the, it was, you know, the harbor squall, and I said, gee, I wrote to her, I said, good grief, Andy, this would be perfect for the weather anthology because it's within the the guidelines that I wanted for, for uh, you know, the length of the story. And then, lo and behold, when I actually put the book together, I, I asked David, uh, do you have room for one more? And he said, sure. <laughs> so I sent him Annie's piece, and I totally forgot to list her books. Because she's an amazing author in her own right. I got her website, but I forgot to list her books. So I totally apologize to her. Yeah, for yeah, that. And, and, and her and, and her books are well worth reading. A lot of them are. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, oh, yeah. She's been with us her lots poetry. of times. We're very familiar with Annie's work. Yeah. So the the, the interesting thing about this book, uh, this story, is it's another sort of coming of age story where she you know grows through what happens. Uh, and I, I found that really interesting. She, she's given responsibility that maybe she should have, should not have been given, but she rises to do, to do the responsibility. Uh, and I don't want to give the, the plot away, but it is, it is an extremely, uh, interesting and sort of harrowing experience that she went through on the water, uh, trying to outrun a storm again. Uh, that's as far as I'll go with it or a squall as the case may be. Uh, again, well worth reading before I move on. How did you sort of decide which book, how to, which book, should, which piece should come first, second? How did you put the book together? Well, um, I started with some of the earlier people in the beginning, but I also didn't want to put the same phenomena together if I could, uh, uh, separate it a little bit. Um, it almost went in order, alphabetical order, but not quite. Um, anyway, it was it was fun putting putting things together. I like I like putting things together. Sometimes when I'm got a writing project and I don't know where it's going to go yet, I'll throw everything in the folder, and then of course you know the computer puts it in alphabetical order, and then you have to decide how you want to piece it together. And I think that's a fun process. Marlene, oh, I, throughout your life, I'm just curious to find out. 
Because some of us have more of a fascination for weather than others. I've been around a lot of people, and there are a lot of folks who love talking about the weather, love studying the weather, have always been fascinated by it since they were children. Were you one of those people? No, actually. And, in fact, this is my first really nonfiction publication. I, I <laughs> lean more towards fiction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You finally have Carol. <laughs> oh, good. Carol, Carol, are you on, Carol? I am on. I'm sorry. I must have had the same problem you did, Peter. Yeah, you said you you have to. Sometimes you have to tell Zoom to drop dead, and then and then you know re reattack it. Um, we were we were talking about your article, Carol. If you want to elaborate further on your contribution to strange weather anthology, it was read a couple articles and said we should do this and uh, asked her friends or writers, what do you think? And we all had some really strange and interesting perceptions on the uh, weather and how we deal with the weather, being visually impaired. The one I heard you talking about when I was on the boat, and that was interesting because I think because of my low vision, I didn't get seasick. So there's 10 of us out on the deck and there's 90 mile an hour winds and hurricane force and the uh, boat is tipping this way and that way and I didn't get seasick. So that was one good thing about having low vision. But it was interesting that's when I and the other one that I had was uh, my husband and I are a tandem team We've, we've uh, done it in many different kinds of weathers, and we always seem to be in a, a storm at least once a year. And the poem I put in was about one of those times where we were chased actually back to our boat or our car. So it was quite interesting. And you did not want to get caught in that storm. Not with the lightning and everything, and we're out in the middle of nowhere. So yeah, exactly. We had to, yeah, you know, we had to move. <laughs> and as your and as your husband said, pedal, pedal. He did. Yeah. He did. He couldn't say anything more than that because he was out of breath. Yeah, well, I, I understand that. I understand that. Well, thank you, Carol. Uh, and you know, hang in there. I'm sure there'll be we'll have, we'll have questions. Uh, has, has Terry joined us? Linda. Linda, sorry, Linda. All right, well, let's, let's move on. Uh, Marlene, let's talk about Leonard Tushner's pieces, Balls of Fire. What did you make of that one? Oh, that was, I uh, just fascinating. I've never seen that. I wish I could experience, uh, seeing Balls of Fire. That, that would be, and he was, um, you know, riding on his way to work and I think he was bicycling at the time. And that's just unbelievable. And he saw this very weird light, right? Balls of light. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give, give it away, but um, it is kind of terrifying the way he describes it. Um, and uh, it's a, as, as I understand it, a very unusual phenomenon that he saw. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but again, weather well, 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 uh, well worth. Um, all right. Let's see what else we have here. We have. Um, there's an article in there by Robert Sollers. Uh, yeah, at the end. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a second, but I'm interested. I guess Linda still isn't here, right? So, um, 
Let's talk about uh, Robert Solar's piece. Talk about Robert's piece. Robert uh, wrote about dodging tornadoes in Tornado Alley. And can you imagine driving a car and having to deal with this phenomenon? It's just unbelievable. He did a very good uh, personal perspective on on the piece. Yeah, and uh, he... It's one thing to try to escape a tornado. It's another thing to deliberately get in the path, right? And that's yeah. that's that's sort of what he talks about, you know, yeah. in 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 his younger days. Um, he's now since moved to a non-tornado uh, part of the country, <laughs> but you know, hey, yeah. retired tornadoist, right? Tornado, right? Retired <laughs> tornadoist, yeah. And and he's this, and he's and he's a security uh, consultant. Uh, how the two fit together, I'm not quite sure. You know, chasing tornadoes and uh, advising people how to be safe is sort of doesn't quite work for me. But what do I know? Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, um, so talk about Linda Lambert's piece, uh, McKinney Lambert's piece, uh, "Tornado Outbreak." I loved it. Oh, let's see which she one. Writes- um, yeah, she had two pieces, and one of them was historical. I can't remember which one was. One of them talked about the outbreaks in her town of the tornadoes, and I guess that was the historical one. Okay. Right. Go ahead. She gave the reference to uh, the newspaper uh, article where where that actually was. And and the first piece, uh, which which is her main piece, talks about her start as a as an artist, uh, as a as a visual artist, and um, how she got into a program. Of paint, painting uh, various lands, uh, landscapes in different kind of weather, and uh, how how she grew from the experience, and she t- also talks about driving to that space where they're going to be doing a lot all this painting, and driving through a part of the country that was ravaged by tornadoes, and how she reacted to that. Uh, and I can't imagine. I've never, you know, I've never been through such a situation, but apparently it was, you know, it was just wildly destructive and uh she so she writes about that and linda if you do join us we'd love to get your take on on your on your work i hope you can hope you can join us uh can i mention one other one you certainly may go right ahead um the piece by um jackie collins a farmer's uh perspective was she didn't actually experience a tornado at at the time, but, uh, she, you know, describes some of the characteristics of it, but she's got a very, un- uh, nice personal perspective about uh, memories of her father and the tractor and, um, it's, it's a very, uh, personal, personal perspective. I enjoyed that one as well. It, it, it is a nice piece. Yeah. That is a nice piece. So, all right. I think we're moving towards, um, so, um, Marlene, talk about your, your, your piece of flashes in the sky. That, yeah, that actually came about, um, our old dog, Toya. She lived to be 13 and she was an English master, which is a large breed. And that's highly unusual. She was, uh, small for, for the breed. She was small. She was 120 pounds and, um, she had a cataract and she had lost vision. You know, in older age. And so it was sort of like the blind leading the blind. I used to take her out on a leash at night when she 
would have to go to the bathroom because we didn't want to lose her, you know. And um, the it's a ballad, and it's a 70 line ballad, and it's, it's more about feelings and reactions. It's, the actual weather um, experience is kind of a simple thing, but I don't want to give it away. Sure. Uh, but it's more about me and Toya and kind of my feelings and what happened when we went out that night and how the night affects you and, and that kind of a thing. And, and it's interesting uh, because you, you write about sort of the weird experience you had and then you mention it to uh, to uh, somebody, a friend of yours or somebody, and that friend says, oh, it's only, it was only oh, X. It was yeah, only X. Your yeah, son. son. It was uh-huh. it was only X. What are you what are you talking about? Why was this so weird? It's only X. It was sort of the remember I remember thinking exactly. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. it, 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 your your experience was sort of distant, dismissed, and I thought, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and and the other one, the other one is an essay, and um, it's sort of a combination of a couple things, like Quiora uh, had said with the rain. Uh, I actually had experienced one um, twice actually. You'd be standing in the sunshine, but you'd look, you know, a little ways away from you, and your thing would be you'd have torrential rain pouring, and it was like it was like if somebody took the picture and split it, and you got two different things at the same time. And I actually got a picture um, of that. We were driving home from work, and uh, I actually got the picture, and That's I used common. that. Really? That's oh, common. My. We've had that here in my city here in southern New England where the sun would be out and it would be raining. The showers are so localized that that really happens. Oh, sure. Well, yeah, I was in New Hampshire the first time. We were at, was at my grandparents' camp when it happened. And we were we were by the camp and the sun was out and it was fine. But, yet, you know, a few feet in front of us on the lake, the, the rain was just splashing in the water and making little sparkly things. And, it was, and the wind, it was going... You know, like that, and and everybody ran for the camp because uh, they knew it would be there in a matter of seconds. <laughs> and, and you know, it, when I when I read that piece, it sort of reminded me of that Clinton's Clearwater Revival song. Have you ever seen the rain coming down oh, sunny day? Yeah. Right, um, and, and uh, it's really oh, yeah, yeah, cool. it was sort of a, yeah, which is a classic song. Yep, along with "Who'll Stop the Rain." Right, but. Same, same group, but, but, but different, but different message. Of course. Uh, yeah. Of course. I just wanted to mention that you're listening to In Perspective. I'm Bob Branco. He's Peter Alchil. And we have the editor as well as some of our contributing authors to a strange weather anthology. And we're going to welcome participants now to ask all of you some oh, questions. Wait, wait, we be, got one. We do that, uh, before we do that, Bob, and it's my, I, I, if we can wait another five minutes for, for uh, people to, to get, I want to, I want to highlight Patty's piece, which I found in some By all means. But the, the most interesting part of this, uh, of a bunch of very interesting pieces. And so, uh, Patty, before I, I'm going to read what you wrote. It's a poem, as best as I understand it. Uh, talk about, set us up for what people are going to hear. Patty, did we lose you? I'm too? here. Sorry. No, we did not lose me. Okay. I, was, I was in another window and couldn't get out. No worries. I, wanted, I was looking at something. So um, I was looking at my piece, actually, just to think about it for a second. So this is a very odd thing. And I just have to tell you, we couldn't have planned this any better today. And this is significant because of the poem. Today makes two years 
since I moved into this apartment complex where I am now. And in many ways, it's a good place. And I have even done some good work here. But in an, in many other ways, it's very stifling and negative and hard for my free spirit, creative self who refuses to give up to live in. And so the poem and the storm or the, I don't even know which one came first, to be honest. I guess it was the storm, but the storm happened, and it's just the way it happened and what was in my mind and my heart at that moment, it was just uh, very connected, and I was inspired. So that's what she got when she asked. So I'm going to, I'm going to read this poem and then Pat, if there's something else you want to add okay. to your comment, you're welcome to. And the poem is called The Passion of Life Storms by Patty L. Fletcher. And it goes something like this. Rain swirls round with fury. I can relate to its frustration. Though I know my own words manifested my situation, I'm still not where I w- want or need to be. I'm in a trap of my own making. Every refuge has its price. How do I rise to the next level of my life? Where am I to go from here? I know this is not the last step upon the path. I feel lost. Trees of darkness shadow. Sun and purest uh, white tries to break through. I am what I am, yet I am more. I thrust my fists outward. Upward, downward, forward. I continue placing one foot in front of the other. I know to do otherwise brings no result. I dream of more. I desire a place in the world. I continue placing one finger at a time on the keys. My words come slowly. I am shrouded in fog. My life is bogged down in the swamp of doubt. My spirit is sucked down in the quicksand of self-loathing. I continue placing one foot in front of the other on the pathway. My shroud falls away. The sun shines with brilliance, clear and bright just a little way in front of me. I continue placing one foot in front of the other upon the pathway. Birds sing notes of silver and gold. Dogs bark sharp, sharp red bursts of staccato, voicing their displeasure at having their slumber in dark green shade disrupted as I pass. I continue placing one foot in front of the other upon the pathway. Again, I'm shrouded in gray mist. Black clouds of misery boil in a purple sky above. Red, blue, and yellow flashes of lightning crisscrosses the thunderous skies. Thor roars his displeasure in black, crashes of thunder, crushing my doubt and ignorance underneath the wheels of his chariot of fire. The ground shifts beneath me. I continue placing one foot in front of the other on the pathway. The pathway is life. Life must be lived. Life is ever-changing. Again, my shroud falls away. For every step I go forward, I take more back. I feel the ice-cold blue wind of sorrow. I continue placing one foot in front of the other upon the pathway. For to stop is to die. 
Wow. Thus ends so the- when I when I hear that read, I sit there and go, "Holy, did I write that?" <laughs> <laughs> and and that um, poem, I should say, is also the introduction to a class that I am taking that is very difficult for me for reasons that I did not expect. And so the first, one of the first assignments in the second portion of the class, it's called Earth Signs and Omens, was to talk about color and how you related to it and nature. And so that also was in my mind when I was composing this. And when the actual frame of this poem came to me, um, I am blessed with one thing in this apartment complex, and that is, guide dog handlers will understand this, I have a sort of walking path, a almost a leisure path, as you, if you will, if you don't count the crossing of driveways where people do not look. But anyway, um, but it's a very lovely place to walk, and you can walk the perimeter of the apartment complex, and we were coming home down the it's very hilly and we were coming down the hill and as as you as we pass different places where it talks about being shrouded it was very shaded and dark and the storm was coming and then we would get into a lighter patch and I would think about my life and whether it was light or dark or and that's just how I saw my walk where I was going in my life and um, the end is that I hope to come out in the clearing into, uh, the manifestation of my dream, my heart's desire. That's what I live for. And I, I just, I just was really amazed by sort of the, the cha- this sudden change in moods. Well, I'm bipolar. Well, well, right. <laughs> I, I, fair, uh, to, fair, fair point. Uh, but I, I, but that, that was really striking to me, you know, that, and that's yeah, and really, it, really and grabbed I, you. And, and it, and it has been that way, Peter. This past two years, it has been a journey. I was, I believe now, and it's a whole nother show, but I believe now that I was put here for uh, a couple of very specific per- purposes. And one was, that I needed to accept the fact that I am not the woman who could work 80 hours a week and still love it. I am not the woman who was brave enough to ride the mass transit with a quad cane and a guide dog. I was out to prove everything I thought to everybody, and it was only me. Now I am this person who... um needs to slow down, but yet I want to stay active and busy and thrive. And I have been, uh, a lot of women go through this problem in their forties, mid forties. They are dissatisfied with themselves, their bodies and their lives and what they're doing. I was in my peak at my, in my forties. So I don't like the fifties. And that's another thing that's, um, that's in that poem that I was very, uh, distraught and up and down about myself. And, uh, since that writing, I've come to a better place. But at the time, I was pretty disgusted with where I'd ended up. And by the way, Pat, this is not a, this is not just a, a woman's issue. I think no. we, we, we may experience it in different no, ways. No, I imagine you do. Yeah. But, but you you're write right. a poem of your own. Maybe, maybe uh, I will sometime. We uh, have about 15 minutes. Yeah. I'm sorry. Thank you, Bob. 
Thank you. So for- I would like to give our listeners a chance to ask questions of this author's panel who contributed to the book Strange Weather Anthology. I want to thank Travis for being our host while I'm thinking about it. Travis, thank you for taking the time to be with us today and for helping us coordinate everything. Do we have any hands raised at this moment? We have got quite a few. All right. Sorry Sorry about that. Go right ahead. (laughs) They've been patient. Pam, you're first. That's unreal. Uh, Yes, this is Pam. And what I actually (laughs) wanted to do was tell about a – a strange weather phenomenon, very briefly, or at least it was strange to me and it was scary. Uh, I live in Alabama. We get our share of tornadoes in, in the general area. And one day we had been under tornado warnings at least twice. And I lived in a house with a basement. So that was fine. You know, you're, down in the basement, you know, when you're under the warning. Well, we had gotten the all clear, and I needed to go upstairs to take care of some business up there. So I got up there, and all of a sudden, I heard this sound that sounded like a, almost like a whistle. No rumble. It was just like a whistle. And it sounded like it went right over the house. And I, my first thought was, what was that? And then I remembered a book I had read as a child. And in that book, the author uh, talked about these storms. I don't think he or she referred to them as tornadoes, but just referred to them as storms that would almost sound like a whistle when they went over. And then I realized what had happened. It was a funnel cloud that went right over our house. And by some miracle, it did not touch down. And otherwise, I might not be here to relate the incident. The Tornado chasers call those jumping tornadoes or jumpers. They call them jumpers. Okay. Okay. And, and, and by the way, uh, uh, Jackie Collins story in this book sort of talks about, Writes about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, called a farmer's wow. prediction. It is a really interesting story. Yep. So I recommend it. Thank you so much. I know we have too many people, uh, Thank you. Yeah, yeah, which, which is, which is a great thing. It is. <laughs> yes, it is. it is. Thank you, Pam, Thanks. so much. Yeah. Travis, who else do we have? Next we have Janet. Okay. Great. Hi, Janet. Janet. Ah, hello. There you, you are. are. Hey, Janet. Hey, Patty. I come to support you. Is this book on Bard? No. Not yet, will right, Marlene? Will it, not will yet. Will, will it be on Bard? Uh, I will try. I, that's a, that's a hard... We can never, as authors, give you a definite on that answer. And I didn't mean to over-talk you, Marlene, but I have struggled. Like, I have two books there. And both of those happened without my trying, but try as I might, I can't get my third one there. So it's really uh, an odd process. It's a call Marlene, where by is itself. It? Marlene, where uh, is it available? It's available wherever you can order books from. It is in ex- accessible ebook format and in print. Um, you can order it anywhere: Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Smashwords, yeah, yep. it's everywhere. Oh, and, uh, and I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's Smashwords. Yeah, I thought we had. I'm pretty sure it's there. 
I'll look to make sure, but it is accessible. If you can get an ebook, um, like you, those of you who read Braille, you can even read it with your Braille readers. So it's out there. It's out I'm, there. Th- I may in the future do an audio book, but, uh, yeah. I will let people know oh, if that comes Well, about. Ho- ho- hopefully you'll be able to get it on book here. Yeah, get it on yeah. book here. That's the, that's, yeah. thank you, Janet. We'll, we'll work on okay. that. All right. Okay. Yeah. Great. Try right. next is River. River. Yes. I think. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, we can. can. Oh, I finally got here. That's <laughs> Linda. That's Linda. I have managed to miss oh, the show. I'm glad you got in. Oh, um, I didn't hear anything other than the last few right. minutes. We, we podcasted. It'll come out for you. So, so Linda, um, do me a favor and give us 30 seconds about the the the, the items in your you know the the stories in the book. My two stories are uh, personal stories. Uh, one is called um, Tornado Outbreak, and it is about the tornado that was the second largest disaster in the state of Pennsylvania uh, since the early 1800s. And it was on May 31st, 1985. And I begin the story with a conversation with a friend who is asking me to join her on a retreat in the Pocono Mountains. And we would be leaving on June 1st to drive across the state. So, uh, I give you, I give you the, the history of the moment. Um, I am 36 years old at this time and I think my friend was around 60 and we were both artists. And so we talk about wanting to go take this uh, 10-day workshop in the Pocono Mountains with the Philadelphia School of Art and Rutgers University. And so there's a, a bit of turmoil in myself and the plans that I'm making uh, and the trajectory of my own future and the beginning of my academic life. And uh, so that Tornado struck the night before we were to leave. So I won't be a spoiler. I won't tell you what happened, but um, we do journey the next day. The entire state is devastated. Uh, there were deaths across the whole state, a lot of deaths. And uh, as we drove, it was, uh, it was interesting because there was destruction on both, you go on Route 80 the whole way across Pennsylvania, and so there was destruction the whole way. The houses gone and whole forests wiped out and so forth. So that's basically, uh, what I, what I present, uh, and, and I balance this, there's always historical context in just about everything I, I work on. And so you have the historical context of our lives in conjunction with uh, this event that was happening in our state. So that, that was the first one. Thank you, Linda. You're and uh, I'm, I'm glad you're able to join us. I'm glad I was able to say hello. <laughs> glad to have you as always. Right. Oh, thank uh, you, uh, Okay, uh, Travis. Linda, I just before we go forward, I'd just like to say that, Linda, it is so wonderful to see you. I have missed you very much, and I'm glad that you are doing well. Thank you. I miss Travis. our email letters. <laughs> Who's next, Travis? 616 ending in 042. A New Hampshire resident. Okay. Is that New Hampshire? I think so. 
You're unmuted. Who's six one six? I'm sorry, not New Hampshire, Michigan. That's better. Michigan. Yes. All right, we will move on to Alice. 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 Yes. Hello, and that phone number was the number, or is the number for Carol Farnsworth. Oh. Evidently, she's still trying to get through to you. So we miss you, Carol. And she she got in for a minute. Got in for a minute and then lost. All right. So anyway, Alice, what do you what do you have Uh, to say? Thank you, Peter. I have a question. Quick question for Marlene. And congratulations on the publication of this very interesting anthology. Can you describe to us the cover of your book, Marlene? Oh, my goodness. The cover is very vivid sunset. It's got a lot of red and gold and some yellow. And the sun is reflecting off of the ocean. So you've got or water. So you've got the water is clear and you can see all of colors in the bottom part of it. In the upper right-hand corner, there is a black, I assume it's a cloud, that it's just, you know, completely black, uh, encroaching upon this beautiful sunset. And then, uh, to, at the bottom toward the left-hand side is apparently a little black island just peeking partway into the book. I can tell you that, um, there are, uh, descriptive tags to end that cover in yep. the, uh, ebook version. And there is also an, an ad with that on my website that has the descriptive text of the cover. It's quite lovely. It is, it is a nice description. Oh, could I say one more thing? There's yeah. also a book launch that people can listen to, download, or get the transcript on our Behind Our Eyes website where nine of the 11 authors are actually speaking about their pieces in this book and our editor, David Dvorkin, describes the cover as well. Yes, so he did a good he, job. Too. Yeah, yeah BehindOurEyes.org and you go to the book launch page and it's from May 8th this year we had the book launch and that's free for the public. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Alice. Okay. Abby. Hey, Abby. Okay. Hey, you um, are. Yes, here I am. I just have one quick comment, and that is that I am I am glad to have not, uh, been able to submit to this anthology because here in Wyoming we haven't experienced these strange and sometimes frightening weather phenomenon expl- mentioned here, but I was certainly found it fascinating to read about from the safety of my recliner. So if you want to experience <laughs> weird and sometimes frightening weather without actually experiencing it, uh, this is the book to read. And thank you so much, Abby, for your review on Amazon. Oh, Abby you're so welcome. writes the best book reviews in the world. I love her book reviews. But look Abby, out. I, she's Abby, honest. I, Abby, I, I, I suspect that there is lots of weird weather in Wyoming. Well, not in my neck of the woods. We're kind of in a valley, and so the wind, the mountains kind of protect us from a, a lot of that. But over in the southern part of the state, Cheyenne, in that area, they, they get more tornadoes and stuff like that. But we don't get, we've gotten warnings, we've gotten sightings, but we've never actually had them touch down here. Blizzards? Yeah. Oh, blizzards, yeah. Blizzard? But, yeah. you know, they're not, blizzards are, are you know, Nothing, She's not, used to them, obviously. Yeah. They don't scare yeah. her. Yeah, well, no, they, they, they scare me. I got to say. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Makes me really. 
Anyway, thank well, you, Abby. Bob's used to blizzards, right, Bob? I am. Although <laughs> we've been lucky the past few years, they've been calming down a little bit. Well, yeah, but... Peter and I have to go out and such things, and we don't want to. Yeah. Right. Anyway, I, 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 I've said. Uh, th- thank you so much, Abby. I suspect that there are uh, weird things that, ha- that have yeah. happened in Wyoming. Carol is have back. Uh, Carol is back, you all. Yeah. She's trying to talk. Go ahead, Carol. Oh, I'm sorry. I've been here. I just was shutting up. Uh, my comment is that Marlene said she was trying to get the book on Bard, and it seems that if people would ask their local or their libraries for it, that seems to help get it on faster. So all of you people that are out there, if you want this on Bard, just please request it. Yeah, call your call your libraries or write them and ask them for it, and they'll say, "No, we don't have it." And then you write back and say, "Well, we'd like for you to have it." And they Tra- they, they listen to that. Travis, how many how many people do we have left? We have three minutes. We three. have time for about two uh, more. So here here's here's my question to um, Travis and to Bob: Can we extend this a little bit and get these questions in? I think that the the recording of the podcast will, will be better now. If we're if we're not allowed to do it, that's fine. No, we're not allowed. Well, how okay. the media no, outlets we, we're not feel allowed. about that, General? We're we're okay. not allowed to. But we we okay. Who's the next question, Travis? Chris Coulter. All right, Chris. Chris, go for it. Oh, hi, Chris. Yeah, this is um the, a tale of two places. Um, I live in Washington State. We have wimpy thunderstorms instead of great big ones. But I was in an internship in Kansas where I um, learned about the big ones. And one of the things I'd like to say about that, or the only thing actually this time, is if you have, uh, if you feel when you're walking around with big thunderstorms anywhere and you don't have good spatial awareness, you'll get worse spatial awareness and you'll wonder why. And every time a thunderstorm or a, or a torn, or tornado or something like that, uh, you, you connect the dots finally. That is a, uh, because the air gets denser and that affects your spatial situation. Ah. I learned about that in guide dog school. Oh, good to know. <laughs> so if it's moist and, and humid, the air is condensed a little. Mm-hmm. And it, things do sound different. If you notice in the snow or the fog, yes, things are muffled. I'm more closed yep. in. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Mm-hmm. Yep. One more quick, one more quick one. Well, we have one more, Travis, that we have time for. Nora. Nora, yes. Welcome. Hey, hi, Nora. Thank you. Hi. hi. Nice to be here. Uh, hi, I'm Patty and the director of the authors. Uh, I have watched, I've never experienced this, but one time I did experience you know, some kind of hail storm and I'm laying down and it's kind of a sunny day and the hail just came down in front of my uh, living room, my bedroom window, and that was, that was very interesting. And another thing I saw on TV was thunder snow. And I yes. and never, you have, I never heard of it, but I saw on the weather channel. It's thunder snow. <laughs> oh yeah. I've never been in it though, luckily. That, that, that's Jim Cantori wild. goes bonkers over that. They that, sonified one of his, uh, episodes yep. was really funny. All I right. know. Thank All right. you, Noreen. And I'm afraid our time is up. It's been a fascinating show. Uh, and I want to thank everybody who was involved in it. Uh, Marlene and Carol and Patty and Linda, 
and everybody else who contribute to the book called Strange Weather Anthology. And it's available on all the buying sites, right, Marlene? It's all yes. over. There. Very good. Thank you for that. Thank you for being with us. And I want to thank everybody else, the participants, and of course, Travis for hosting and Herbie for doing ACB Media 5 and Peter, of course. Next week, we're going to have Donna Jordan back with us again. She's a sight loss coach from Canada. She's always a good guest, so we'll stay tuned for that as well. Go safe with God's abundant blessings, everybody. I'm Bob Branco, and have a great day.